What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Hey besties, this is Danny J. I am doing a solo episode today on fear and worry. And we just had an episode come out. Jill did a solo on taking action. And I think this is going to go really well hand in hand with that. So I was actually just teaching a workshop uh, about a month or two ago in Phoenix, Arizona. And that workshop was really about helping women like rewrite their stories Meaning like we all have stories that maybe we've told ourselves or subconsciously most likely that why we can't have the success we want, why we can't have certain things that we want. Maybe somebody told us in middle school that we weren't very smart or athletic and so we didn't go to college or we didn't try out for a team that we wish we did or we don't work out because we think we're not athletic and that's only for sporty people and it continued on into adulthood creating this this story about why we don't make enough money because we didn't get a college degree because somebody in middle school said we were stupid, right? Like there's these things that we live out from a subconscious story that was told way back when. And some of these stories are today, happen today. They're not always childhood stories, childhood trauma stories, anything like that. They're actually just things that we create on a daily basis. It's really how we process and make sense of the world. So one of the things that came up in this workshop was at the very end, I was asking for shares in the group and asking for the things that people wanted to work on or rewrite their story around. And one woman raised her hand and she said, I want to stop being afraid. I want to quit having any fear. And I paused for a moment before I said anything because right before that workshop even started, I was terrified. (laughs) I remember asking the girls for a glass of wine. I'm like, before anybody gets here, let me have a drink because I was so nervous and anxious and afraid. And I can never like pinpoint the fear because I've done it a million times. I love speaking with people, but there's just this, this nervousness every single time, every single time that I speak, every single time that I teach, especially in new groups. And so before I, I actually said to her, I don't know if you can actually get rid of fear or never be afraid. I don't know if there's a single human on the planet who's not afraid of anything. I'm sure there's some people who You might have to push them really far to their boundaries and limits, but we all have fears and it's just learning how to manage those fears and not let the fears stop you from doing things that you ultimately want or they're going to help you get ahead in your business, in your life, in your relationships. So I think it's important to know that we're not going to get rid of fear or eliminate fear, but if we can learn to manage fear and learn to live with fear 
then we can have the success we want. We can have the relationships that we want. And we can actually, what Jill said earlier, the confidence, competence loop actually increases when you do something that you are afraid of. In fact, when I was 12 years old, I went to a girls camp and they had an activity that was rappelling off of this mountain. So I don't know if you know what rappelling is, but you basically are tied into a harness and a rope and you step backwards over the edge of a cliff and then you walk your way or bounce your way down. And I was a pretty pretty daredevil kid and wasn't afraid of heights and I was a gymnast. So I was like, yes, I'm going straight for it. I felt adrenaline and a little bit of freak out, but I did it. And there was a girl in our group who was terrified and we were all at the bottom looking up at her and cheering her on and she stood at the edge for an hour. She stood at the edge for an hour and then she finally came down and we were cheering so loud and screaming for her because she stood at that ledge and she didn't, she didn't go back and she could have, she could have said, you know what, forget this. I'm not doing it. I don't know what kind of conversations were going on at the top of that mountain, but she finally went. And so I think that gave her so much confidence and so much pride that she did it anyway. And I think that is one of the gifts that fear gives us. And I think if we can use fear as fuel, we can see that it's not something we want to get rid of or never have, but it's something we can actually look forward to having. And maybe it could be a sign that if we're afraid of something, this is something maybe we should be doing and pushing ourselves because that can build our confidence and help our confidence grow. So for me personally, I, I have lots of fears and my goal for myself is really to lean into those and push on them. In fact, there was a time in 2013 where I had decided if there was something I didn't want to talk about, like online, because that was when I was really building my social media brand, then I had to talk about it. It was like this pact that I made with myself. And I was, I remember so many times where something would come up and I'm like, oh, now I have to talk about that. Like our debt and our financial situation and my adrenal fatigue and what was going on with my body, all of those things I did not want to talk about. I was terrified. And as soon as it came up, I'm like, dang it, I'm going to have to do this. And so for me, I really worked on as soon as something comes up, I'm afraid of and like, okay, Danny, you got to do it. Like this is actually a rule in my life. And the reason I'm even talking about this right now, to be honest, is I'm going through something in a relationship where it's a little bit scary. Um, There's a lot of changes going on and I haven't been in a relationship since my divorce. And I've been in, you know, I've been dating and that kind of thing, but I kind of decided last year that I may want to be in a like committed relationship. And so it's been a consideration and there's been a lot of things coming up for me around it. So it's been really interesting to talk through it and kind of try to practice what I preach. And so I want to share some tools that I've used, some tools that I think really successful people use and some things that maybe can help you get through fears and work through them. So One of the things is focusing on what you can control. So this is the first tool. I'm going to give you five tools. Focus on what you can control, right? So we know there's tons of things we cannot control. We cannot control the weather. We cannot control the way people react or respond in any situation. We cannot control what other people do. We can't control what other people say. And to some extent, we can't even control the timing of events, right? Like we can maybe control an appointment we have at seven o'clock, but there might be some traffic, something may come up. So we can only even control the timing to an extent. So 
focusing on those things you can't control are only going to stress you out. I'm actually at this event right now. Um, my friend Elizabeth Fay created this amazing, amazing event called Hair Love Retreat. And I, you, you guys, you can't even believe the amount of planning and everything that went into it. There's teepees, there's glamping tents, there's this giant, beautiful stage. There's so many moving pieces and she's had so many things thrown at her that she couldn't control. The event space that she was originally having it backed out. They had to find a new space. The like all of these things came up and she just kept pushing through. Of course, she's been afraid of all of this and she's kept going. But we got here and the lady who has the space here that we're renting, she was kind of being passive aggressive. So it rained two days before. And so there's a lot of mud in the field. And she was just like, well, you know, if it hadn't have rained and there's, it's going to be really muddy. And she was just, she was getting all upset about what was going to happen in two or three days because of the mud from the rain the night before. Like she couldn't control the mud. She couldn't control the rain. Neither could we, we wouldn't have ordered the rain, but also she was already getting upset about what was going to happen to the grass when the people got there in three days. And I was just like, what is the freaking deal with this lady? Like none of these things she can control. And also supposed to be nice for the next few days. So the mud's probably going to dry up. So again, it's like, what can you control? So here's what you can control. You control your attitude and you can control how you react and how you respond. So many times we are afraid because we already create three step scenario down the line of what's going to maybe happen. For instance, we're like, well, if I tell her that I can't come to the party, then she's going to get mad and she's going to tell someone else. And then it's going to get back to me. Like we're creating like this domino that's going down the line, right? Instead, we can just go, hey, I'm going to tell her I'm not going to go to the party. And then I can re- choose to respond what happens, how I react to whatever happens then. Maybe she's not going to tell the next person. You know, it's it's like we can only do the thing that's in front of us, which actually goes to number two, which is staying present. Unfortunately, a lot of our fears and anxieties are because we're projecting what's going to happen in the future. Like that woman was already upset about the grass situation in four days because it was wet on Monday, right? So ultimately, we need to stay present. Okay, right now we have a situation with the mud. What can we do with it today? Can we put dirt on top of it? Can we put wood on top of it? Um, What can you do right in this moment in the present instead of trying to figure out what's going what we're going to do five steps from now. And this is definitely um, something I've done. And Jill will laugh at this where I think a lot of us do this, right? Like you go on a date with somebody like first date and I'm already going, well, I already know like 10 years from now, if we were married, then he would be complaining about this. And this would happen. I'm like, wait a second. We're only on date one. I don't need to be dumping him in my mind (laughs) before creating a story of what's going to happen when we're married. I I don't know. I've done this many times. I'm sure a lot of people have, but we tend to do this. We tend to like project this whole future and then make a decision now based on a scenario that never even happened in the future. So I'm like, I'm not going to have a second date because I already know that five years from now, it's not going to work out. Well, how about you just enjoy each other for maybe two, three dinners or who knows what will happen. So I, I have to laugh at myself for doing that. And I know other people do. That's the only reason I'm sharing because it's kind of embarrassing. Um, and I've had people do it to me. Um, I've had people say, well, I know you're, this is what you're going to be doing. I'm like, you don't know that. You have no idea what I'm going to be doing. And I don't even know what I'm going to be doing quite honestly in two weeks. So I think it's really important to stay present 
and deal with things as they come. Deal with each scenario in the moment at that one time and then reassess for the next scenario instead of trying to worry about, well, what will happen if I miss my flight and then I'm not going to make it to that event and then, you know, just get on the plane first. If you miss your flight, then you figure out what's the next step. There are so many things that we can worry about and choose to worry about that really take up way too much mental energy and probably won't even happen. And if they do happen, you figure it out on the fly. So the next part of that, um, staying present, number three, is actually kind of the opposite. It's going way into the future and just asking yourself, will this matter in 10 years? Like the scenario that you are stressing out over and you're freaking out about what's happening next and what am I going to do? In 10 years, will you even remember this moment? Is it going to have a lasting consequence? Is it going to have a lasting effect? For some things it might. And so maybe take a better look at that, but still deal with it in the present. But for most things, no. You know, I think there's so many things I can look back on and go, wow, I really worried about that and worked out so much better than I thought it would, or it worked out perfectly or just didn't work out. And the fact that it didn't work out ended up being better for me, right? So Ask yourself, will this matter in 10 years? In fact, some of it won't even matter in 10 months, quite frankly. So one, focus on what you can control. Two, stay present and deal with things as they come, not deal with what may happen in the future. And three, ask yourself, will this matter in 10 years? The fourth one, this is kind of funny, I do this for a lot of different things, is It's WWOD. What would Oprah do? (laughs) So this is really, um, I actually have a note notification on my phone that pops up once a day. It says, what would your highest self do? And this is just a reminder to myself of, am I acting in my highest integrity? Um, Am I doing things to the best of my ability? Am I being lazy? Um, Am I freaking out for no reason? You know, we talked about in the success hacks episode, I mentioned staying calm. And there's really no scenario I've ever seen or can think of that freaking out or getting hyper anxious or hyper worried has ever helped. So one of the things I think of is what was my, what would my highest self do or what would Oprah do? Just meaning what would somebody really successful, maybe you would say what would Obama do or what, whoever you, Tony Robbins, I don't know, whoever you decide that is like, you think they have their shit together. They have some level of success that is, um, a aspirational, what would they do? In the situation I am now, like, would Oprah freak out? Would she cry and throw a fit? Okay, you overdrafted on your bank account. It's $30 under. Are you going to freak out or are you going to think of a solution to get that money back? You know, there's so many things. Being solution-oriented instead of problem-oriented really helps you get out of that, like, rut when your mind's just going in circles. So for me, it's, (laughs) it's what would Oprah do? Also, Grant Cardone, if you guys ever listen to his 10x rule or um, be obsessed or be average, he talks a lot about creating new problems, right? If you are having the same problems, that's actually a problem. So like for Elizabeth's event, instead of worrying about, are we going to have enough ticket sales? Like, how about we create new problems? How about we sell out and we have to figure out how to fit more people in the room or how to jam more people into tents, like create new problems. And that can help you get rid of the worry of the problem you currently have. But I have a caveat. I want to tell you a story about a brand partner of mine in my network marketing team. She's so funny. When I started the network marketing company, 
after the second year, my ex-husband and I ended up owing a lot in taxes and we had never really had this issue before because we hadn't made that much money, especially the two years prior. We were kind of catching up and paying off debt and everything. So we had this big tax bill and um, I don't think I talked about it too much, but I think she might have overheard me talking about to my sister-in-law about it. So talking about the taxes and how we had to figure it out and I had never dealt with the IRS and never had an accountant or anything like that. And so I'm working with her and this company and she goes, well, what do I do like when I, when I owe for taxes? And I was like, honey, you haven't even sold a single product yet. <laughs> like, let's just focus on now and let's make you a few dollars before we even worry about taxes. Like you will have to work your ass off before you have to worry about how much you're going to pay in taxes. Like you're not even close. So the caveat to like creating new problems is don't, create new problems to be worried about those new problems, right? Like deal with the problem in front of you. The problem in front of you right now is you haven't made a single sale and you have $0 in your bank account. Let's deal with that problem instead of worrying about paying taxes because that will be a much better problem to have, I guarantee you, than the problem you currently have. So be realistic and you want to create new problems, but don't create those new problems to stop you from the work in the moment. So anyway, I thought that was a funny story. It still makes me laugh. And I know Jill has uh, a... Cl- has a story like that about a client too, who was worried about time off yet. He wasn't working at all. <laughs> and the last one is, this is just so cliche, but it's so true is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You really just have to learn that this, if you want to grow as an entrepreneur, if you want to grow as a mother or a wife or just a person or a good human being, in order to grow, you have to be, you have to be uncomfortable, right? Do you remember growing up having growing pains? I remember my legs would hurt so bad and my mom told me they are growing pains. And so growth doesn't come without a little bit of pain or a little bit of uh, discomfort. So really know that you may never get rid of fear, but you can learn to just go, okay, this is what it feels like. And it's a sign for me to do something different or to push through it because I know on the other side is more confidence, right? Like the repelling story. I know when I push through and walk over the edge, when I get to the end, I'm going to feel so good because I did it. And knowing that you're going to have a moment of discomfort, you're going to have a moment of like, should I go back right now? Should I step back on the cliff and just not do this stupid thing? Should I not jump out of the airplane? (laughs) Can I not push this baby out? No, it's coming, right? There are so many things that are going to come up that are going to be scary as hell. And yet it's going to build so much confidence and competence after you get through them. And it's necessary. I think it's really necessary. I don't think that the people who have the most success and the most things that they want didn't, didn't get there without trying things that were hard or scary. And I think it's almost like you do have to earn it by doing those hard things. So I think for me, I kind of made a game of it. If there is something that I know that is going to be uncomfortable or that I'm afraid of, afraid to do, then I made a game of, I have to do this anyway. And so that's one thing that I've done. I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. It's not saying like, I'm scared to jump off a bridge, so I'm going to do that. That's kind of not the thing. But it's like maybe being, being more vulnerable, you know, talking about something that feels scary that maybe you think someone will judge you on. So I hope that those tools help you out. I hope it makes sense to you. And 
If you love these episodes, we always love when you share them. I love seeing them on Instagram. We have our Instagram, which is at the best life podcast. We have our private Facebook group, the best life podcast.com. It's always fun to have our conversations go on in there. And as always, we just adore having you guys love when you share these because that is how the podcast grows and we get our message out to more people. So if there's a message that really resonates with you or it makes you think of one of your girlfriends or friends or coworkers, pass it on. That's like the highest compliment we could ever get. And please leave reviews on all the sites. Um, Checking out the iTunes reviews. We got a few recently. Love getting those. And we love to see you on all the social media platforms. So have an amazing day and we'll see you on the next episode.